Welcome to Immigrate. Welcome to a space where you can be vulnerable, a space where you're not going to be judged, a space where you can be authentic. And my hope and desire is to inspire and motivate everyone that click onto this podcast. So welcome to another episode of Immigrate. Welcome to another great episode of Immigrate. Um, I'm excited. I always said I'm excited because I'm so pumped. I always glad to hear stories that even motivate me. And today I have my guest speaker here. You know what? I'm not going to even introduce him because this guest speaker is so special. Um, and I we met into a mutual group and I want him to tell you your name and everything because I'm so excited. Really excited to hear. So welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is George V. Gonzalez. I'm a first See, generation. That's why I didn't want to say. <laughs> I'm a okay. first first generation Mexican American. Uh, my family uh, migrated from Mexico uh, to the United States back in World War II uh, during uh, uh, a, a work agreement between the United States and Mexico called the Bracero Program. That's when my grandfather migrated here, uh, born and raised here in the United States. And um, I'm humbled uh, to meet people and, and share stories that we can connect to and we can connect back to the homeland. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much, George, for being here and um, you telling us who you are. At first, my grandmother always, when she asked, who are you? I'm a first generation. To be a, I can say I'm a first generation because I'm the first born, really. <laughs> but um, that goes down. So why did you think your family moved to the U.S., um, George? Well, uh, like in, in most countries, uh, Mexico in, being included in one of those, uh, surviving in Mexico was not easy. Uh, my parents and my, my grandparents uh, were in a small little town up in the hills uh, of a state of Michoacan, Mexico. And uh, he heard about this opportunity to come to the United States and to work. And he saw it as an opportunity to come work in the United States and send uh, some much needed uh, money back home uh, to Mexico to my grandmother, uh, which they had uh, two small children when my grandfather decided to, uh, to come to Mexico. So that's, that is uh, the humble experience and story of my grandfather. Oh, okay. So, um, do you, what age did you went to? Cause sometimes do you remember any, what age did you, you remember migrated to the U S my, my grandfather was 22 years old when he migrated to the United States. My grand, my mom wasn't even born yet. when My grandfather came here, you know, this so was, then, this was, yeah, this was during world war two. Right. So you came to um, the U S through who your mom or. Yes, my my mom, my grandfather came first during World War II, and then when my daughter, my mom was born, and then uh, 14 years later, my mom came to work with my grandfather, went back to Mexico. Uh, that's when my de- my parents got married, 
and then they migrated to Mexico uh, to United States after that they got married and when they came here originally they said you know what we're not going back home we're gonna we're gonna have children here in the United States and we're gonna raise our children here in the United States because they saw a different kind of life a, a life where they can work to feed their kid their children and that's why I was born and raised here in the United States okay do you remember any what so you're okay so you didn't so you actually was born in the United States which is very yes. cool so do you have do you remember any experience while your mom was raising you as a kid from Mexico like your parents from Mexico like any experience that you want to share yeah absolutely yeah, yeah part of part of the part of the thing of being raised in the United States and being a first generation American uh our parents are not aware that the life that one lives in the United States is much different than Mexico. It's way different. So sometimes that's the reason why many of the first generation uh, children are lost in the streets of, of, of the US because the parents think that uh, the United States is like Mexico and it's not, there's two different cultures. Uh, the living style is way different than Mexico, uh, but the, the roots of, of my Mexican people are ingrained in me because my parents didn't speak Spanish. I mean, didn't speak English. My father never spoke English and he passed away at 53 years old. My mom can barely speak English. So our native language is still spoken in, in our households with my, with my grandparents and my, my parents. Interested. I'm, I, you, I'm kind of going to divert. How was that? For you as a kid, though, um, in terms of your parents didn't speak English, and you raising in a in a in a household like that. Well, when when I first started going to school, it was really difficult for me because I didn't I didn't know the English language. So I went uh, to kindergarten Spanish speaking, but back then they used to have bilingual programs. But even then, I was way behind on the English language. So that part of it was really difficult for me. Uh, now, as far as growing up in the Mexican household, I mean, I had the culture of the Mexican people. So for me, it, it, was, it was very loving, very uh, a tight family. Uh, so I had a beautiful childhood, but we were poor, obviously, because my parents were migrants from Mexico. But, uh, but yeah, I, I really struggled with the English language for a very long time going into school. Your English is beautiful, by the way. So a lot of hard um, work. <laughs> so would you say that's the most complex then that you had to deal with as a child growing up in that? Because was there a point of culture shock in terms of your household and when you go to school and stuff? Yes, it, it was definitely a culture shock because, like I said, I was, I was coming in. I mean, I, I might as well have been an immigrant myself and, and come straight from Mexico at that point because I didn't speak anything of English. So even though I was the first American uh, here, first generation, you, you wouldn't even be able to tell that because I didn't even speak the language. So that, right. that part of it was very difficult. Uh, and, and I struggled for my first five, six years of school because of that. Of course, you know, I, I got better along the way, but I wish I could have gotten stronger as far as my communication skills because I really didn't hone in on my communication skills until I was already past my mid-teens where I got better at it. 
did you find yourself going through any um teenager trouble because of that too because sometimes and the reason i'm asking because um i've known of people who moved to canada and then they all their life they know one thing and then when they start going to school they start getting into companies that they the you know what i mean because you want to try to fit in was that something that you think you kind of get yourself into yeah that's that's the that's the dangerous part of being the first generation of any culture when you go through a you go to a new place because like i said uh you get uh bombarded with peer pressure and you're supposed to be a certain way dress a certain way talk a certain way and that could be very difficult for for all of us this is why in the United States, a lot of first-generation children are lost to gangs, drugs, and other things on the streets because of that same reason. And I was, I was in that same route myself. I mean, I hung around with the bad crowd as well too. Uh, I experimented with drugs as well, ditched school because I also got caught up in that. Because again, it, it was the shock to our system. You know, because some of these people that I hung around with, they weren't first generation. Some of them were second and third generation. But I got pulled into it as well, too. That's the dangerous part. Oh, wow. So if you should turn back, you're, you're older now and you're looking back at your experience. And what would you tell your younger self? Like, what would you say to your younger self right now with all that experience that you went through? What would you tell your younger self? Well, for, for the early parts, I mean, it would just be, you know, be careful who you hang around with. Uh, be careful of being pulled uh, into the peer pressures of being somebody that you're not. That, that would be like the most important thing. Now, as far as my upbringing and being in the household, I, I wouldn't change anything looking about it now because that's... that. That is what molded me into who the person that I am today. So, but definitely telling my younger self, you know, be careful who you hang around with. Uh, be careful. Not all your friends are your friends. Uh, some of your friends will get you in trouble. And that's the part that we have to be really careful about. You said something so profound that you will never change what your upbringing and who you are and I always you know sometimes as a kid I mean, my mom was very strict with me and we had like a really conservative household right and I always said I would never change anything because moving into a foreign country it kind of helped me to stay put because I moved there when I was young and I was kind of a little bit level-headed and I maintained those morals and those principles that my parents taught me um, I know you're not an immigrant, but you came from an immigrant household. What mm -hmm. would what encouragement would you share with an immigrant that's listening right now and say, you know what? I have kids that I want to raise in a country. How can I raise them to be decent citizens like George Gonzalez? Like how can they come out in Jamaica they'll say pass the worst? Or how can they move to the point where they're not in the eyes of the police or in the eyes of anything? Be be because of, of uh, the life that I lived around here, I, I got exposed to a lot of things. Uh, many of my really good friends, childhood friends, and school friends ended up, ended up getting hooked on drugs and ended up in the 
getting incarcerated and going in and out of jail. And because I witnessed that firsthand of people that were really close with me, uh, when my daughter was born, I was 25 years old, and I made her a promise that I was going to protect her from the things that I had, had to experience myself. Uh, so I raised my daughter in a way where I was very, very involved in her studies. Uh, I actually taught her how to read, how to write, how to spell words. I used to play school with her before she actually went to school. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that I also shared with her my experiences and the things that I was exposed to, to protect her and not to hide it from her. Uh, but being involved with her, and that way she knew that if she, for whatever reason she got herself in a situation or got herself into trouble, she can always trust me and come to me and that I would never judge her for a mistake that she ever did. So those are things that I would tell any parent that would raise a child is to be involved, uh, speak with them, always have communication, never stop communicating because once we stop the communication, we don't know what our kids are up to. Now, but we also have to trust them. We have to know what child we raised and we have to trust them based on how we raised them. Now, and we also have to be a good example for them because our children are not going to do what we say. They're going to do what we do. That's so we have to be an ex we have to be an example to them. Well, that's profound. Um, it's true because sometimes parents come here and they, you know, their kids start acting out. Like I was talking to some, a couple, a, a mom yesterday, a single mom, and her son just start acting out too. And it's like, she's now forced to feel like she needs to send her back to where she's from. But then it's true. It's a constant communicating and seeing how best you can help the child and help you too. Because it's, it's an interesting transition. Mm -hmm. It is. an um, So how, okay, so we're almost finished our interview. And I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable, but how has your spiritual journey, you think, impact your, your entire life, childhood growing up or all your experience, you think? Well, ever since, ever since a small child, I always knew that I was special. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was here for a reason and I knew my life had purpose. I just never know what that was. And the struggles that I went through my life, every time I had like a bad moment, I would sit there quietly, just stare at the green, the grass, the trees, the birds. But deep down in my heart, I always knew that I was here for something much, much bigger. I always knew that. And, and it wasn't until the pandemic that I actually published my book, which my book is called Answer the Call. Answer the Call is about finding your gifts, your talents, and your life's purpose. Now, something that I didn't mention earlier was that I am also an inventor an inventor of a batting machine that, uh, for baseball and softball. During the pandemic, when I wrote my book and I was finishing my book, I was going to call my book American Inventor. But then I heard a whisper, like the most powerful, more sweetest whisper I've ever heard in my life that said, answer the call. And I heard it twice. Mm. And in that moment, I knew that my book is, was supposed to be called Answer the Call. And that's what I told my publishing company, to call the book. Then they asked me, George, where did you get that title from? It was whispered to me. He's like, yep, that's, that's, the, that's the name of the book. Now, 10 months ago, I had the worst spiritual attack of my life. 
I felt like my soul and my spirit were being yanked out of my body. And the only thing that I can think about in that moment was get on my knees, pray, and cry. Within a few minutes, all that pain went away. And the peace that came over my life is the kind of peace that I've never, ever experienced. And I still have that till today. Now, an interesting thing happened after that, though. I was given the ability to connect the dots from the beginning of my life to this point in my life that made me realize that everything that happened to me a lot in my life was meant to happen to mold me and to pressure me into becoming the person that I am today. I am a real estate agent. I'm an inventor and I'm a published author, a public speaker because of the journey. God allowed me to go through these troubles and tribulations and struggles to mold me into who I am today so that I'm able to motivate and inspire the next generation because that is what I'm being called to do, to motivate and inspire the next generation and talk to them about my journey, my experiences, mm-hmm. so, they be- so they can become better individuals. Ah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to share, I'm going to share something to you because everybody that comes on my podcast has the one thing walking in your purpose. And it's something that I've been praying to God about. And I know my podcast, I'm not going into the spiritual aspect of it, but my podcast is a little bit faith-based. And sometimes it always reach a point where we end up start talking about purposes and walking in it and, you know, and then when we listen to, and I'm going to drop your book in my description, please, um, when I'm uploading this, because people need to read books like this. Because we need to understand that we are unique. And I, that's what I'm hearing you're saying. We're mm-hmm. called in, in such a time like this where no one, you have to know what that calling looks like. And we have to know what that purpose looks like. Because if you, as, a, as you said, you knew you were called. And because you, you probably knew, you're, you align yourself. You know, God spared you so many times. I'm sure you didn't you even even get going to depth of how deep your story was. No. But I no. know God has spared you so many times. Yeah, it it's definitely it's definitely a a, a deep conversation. Uh, it's a moving conversation. But but the bottom line is like you said, every single one of us has a gift, a talent and a life's purpose, and God is calling us to follow that gift and the talent and life purpose because I am aligned I'm I'm supposed to reach a certain amount of individuals, but those same individuals are also assigned to another group of individuals. So right. if I refuse to follow my gifts, my talents, and the, my life purpose, I cannot reach the people that I'm meant to reach. You know, and this is why my book is called Answer the Call, to share that message with the world, to allow people to understand the message that it's his message, it's his calling, and not mine. It's his, not mine. And you're just being obedient to that calling. I'm being and, obedient. Yeah, and and once we be obedient to God, then everything else will align to it. Your yeah. book will sell without you. You don't have to promote it. Yeah, you know? and, and also for every for every listener of this podcast and, and all the podcasts that I do, I've given an option to download it for free on Kindle Unlimited on Amazon. There's a free version there, and I'm always promoting the free version. So people need to be rewarded. If they're readers, they can download it for free. Right. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And 
you know, I have a huge platform where it's a spiritual platform too. So people will be going out and reading your books for, especially my, my um, group of people here in Canada, because I have, I've been aligned and I've been told by God what my purpose. And this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast because, and as you're talking, I'm just thinking about something else that the Lord just revealed to me, but it's, it's, it's just that sometimes we just have to be very obedient to God. And once mm-hmm. we're obedient to him, he will just make our pathway straight. And George, I just want to thank you so much for being vulnerable. And as I am here and I'm saying this to you, we're going to have season two where we're getting deeper. So if you don't mind coming back on the next season where we get a little deeper in our story, because, you know, sometimes we need, the more we get into it, the more we can impact and share more deeper side of us and God can unfold the things that he want for us. And I love that you said once you know your purpose and then with that purpose, then the other people that you share will have other stuff to do because that's how my mentorship started Mm -hmm. because she was, my mentor was told like God told her, you need to do this with a bunch of group of ladies. And then with those ladies, those ladies will be, wanting to do it i just want you to help them mm-hmm. and she started this massive group she's doing really good work or um twirl mm-hmm. and now i am one of the um you know the person came out and now doing the podcast you know and other people are doing this so i commend you of walking in your purpose and you know god is the greatest connector and i just want to thank you for coming on here i didn't know we were going to go into this deep composition of i've been all. i've been praying to god myself to bring me his children, the ones that he wants me to partner up and collaborate with so we can live our life with purpose. I've been praying that every single day for a very long time. And here, and I'm ready. Whenever you're ready to partner with anything. And, and, and here we and, and here we are. <laughs> yes, yes. Anything that you have to do, um, I will support you 100%. I'm getting goose pimple because your presence <laughs> gives something, George. And I just want to encourage you to continue walking in that light that God has shined at you. You know, I've yeah. seen, you know, continue shining that light because you're going to do mighty things. Yeah, this, this is this is this is why I, I'm trying to get on, on as many podcasts as I possibly can so I can spread that message. It's not my message. It's his message. Hallelujah. And, bef- and as we're done, what is three words you would like to leave with people? I, I just want to say that you are meant for something much bigger than you. And the moment you realize that, nothing can stop you from achieving anything as long as your heart is in the right place. Thank you so much, George, for just coming on here and just, 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 you don't even, you just wet my appetite. That's not even, I just, <laughs> telling me this is not even the beginning of your story. And I hope we can do this another time. Just something is telling me there's more, there's more just to your story. and. We're going to pray about it and see how God is leading us. But thank you so much for sharing your story with me today. It, and I was indeed. It would be, an it, it would be, it would be my you. honor to come back again and uh, go deeper on this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, George. And yes, yes, there you have it. Another great episode with George um, Gonzalez. He's such a passionate when he comes to. Um, lover of people want people to meet their true potential and as you hear him you hear him on the episode of his book and what he's offering 
go grab that book. And trust me, when, when, you, when you read that book, you will be extremely, really, really blessed by it. And I am so excited for you guys to just listen. And thank you again for sitting down with me and listening to another great episode of Immigrate.